0: Welcome, Success Grid Nation, to this new episode of the Success Grid Podcast. This is episode number 69 Conversation with Money. Train your brain for success with Richard Phrasing. Richard is going to give you tools and strategies. And change your thinking and shift your paradigm on how to think about money. Also don't forget to go and join the 100 day challenge with Gary Ryan Blair. Go to successgrade.net forward slash 100 DC. That is successgrade.net forward slash 100 DC to achieve your goals faster. You will find the link in the description and show notes.
1: Welcome to Success Grid, the place for sharing entrepreneurial stories, knowledge, and wisdom to educate and inspire you to always strive to raise your standards in your business and your life with your host, Hussein Talib.
0: Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Success Cigarette Podcast with your host, Hussein Talib. I have a special guest today, Richard Friesen. is the creator and developer of Innovative and Inclusive Mind Muscles Academy. He works with financial professionals, independent traders, business leaders, and entrepreneurs who want to expand their mental game to make more consistent profits. Richard, welcome to the Success Cigarette Podcast.
1: Hi, thank you. I'm so glad to be here. I've listened to some of your previous podcasts, and I'm very impressed with the quality of your guests, your questions, and the creative conversations. And I really appreciate the, the quality and being invited here.
0: Well, I am, I, it's I the pleasure is mine to have you here, Richard. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about basically your story. How did you start in the financial world, and where are you now?
1: Well, I started as a therapist. I was a family therapist. Okay. I have a master's degree in clinical psychology, and I had a friend who was uh, trading on the floor of the Chicago Mercantile Exchange. Mm -hmm. So he was starting a company, and he invited me to come down for the summer and trade. So I started trading with him, and I was told (laughs) I was the worst trainee he had ever had, (laughs) they put me in the middle of the S&P 500 pit. Now, there's no big pits anymore, but there was like maybe 700 people in the pit. I mean, it was just crazy with hand signals, and I, I didn't know what I was doing. But eventually, I found my way to options which are more cerebral and a little slower. And eventually I opened a desk on the Pacific Stock Exchange on the options for trading options. And there I spent about two decades uh, trading for them and then trading for myself.
0: Mm, cool. Awesome. That's uh, two decades. That's a very long time.
1: <laughs> it is. It's a long time. And getting up here in the West Coast, we had to get up at 430 to be down for the open, so I spent two decades getting out of bed very early.
0: What What is the time the market opens usually?
1: It on the Pacific. It opens at six thirty in the morning.
0: Oh, okay, cool. Okay, awesome. So let, let's talk about money. So, as people, do do we need to have? let's say, talk or a conversation with money? Because I hear people like, if you want more money, you should love money. So what's your view on that?
1: Well, what I noticed was as as I built a trading firm that I would hire traders with a lot of experience. And we had a methodology. It was in baseball terms just to hit singles and occasionally doubles. In other words, we didn't take big risks. But we just made small incremental gains and made them steadily in all kinds of markets. So some of the traders I hired, I would fund their account and they would start just making money day one. But other traders, they would make some money, boom, lose it, make some money and lose it. And they had the same methodology. They had the same opportunities. So I brought in a hypnotherapist. My sister, Wendy, was newly minted. She uh, was eager to apply her trade. And what we discovered was that one of the traders so adored his father and held him in such reverence that if his money, he never made as much money as his dad to make more than his dad so easily would be disrespecting his father. Yeah. So we took care of it. Another trader came from dirt poor poverty in West Virginia. I mean, you know, dirt on the floor kind of almost uh, poverty. And when he started making money, he realized that he was no longer part of his family. And in that area, the extended family was really more like a clan, really important. So he just wouldn't make it. And I have a couple more examples, but I won't go into them at all. But what occurred to me, was that making money has its limits. We have sometimes a thermostat or a ceiling that we can't go over. And I had my own story about my own ceiling. It takes a little bit of time to tell,
2: Mm. but I
1: hit a ceiling myself and finally busted through it. Mm. So now that I'm a coach and I work with entrepreneurs, business people, uh, professional money managers, and active traders. What surprised me was that same mechanism still applied.
2: Mm. Yeah.
1: People would hit a certain amount of wealth and income.
0: And they basically they stop at it. They stay flat. Yes. So what I am getting from you, it's basically... Maybe it's a mindset game, so because people limit themselves, like you mentioned, someone's father uh, made certain amount, or yeah. if you are working and the average, let's say, baser is like certain amount, so you keep uh, this mental block in your head, like, this is what I am going to be getting for <laughs> a long time. It's not going to be <laughs> a double uh, that or 10x that. Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly right. Now, no trader, no entrepreneur, no hedge fund manager has ever come to me for coaching and said, you know, I don't think that I'm psychologically prepared for wealth. I think that when I hit a certain amount of profits, I'm just going to stop or give it back. Nobody, nobody (laughs) has ever come to me with that problem. But when we do our work to find out what's happening, we can often go back to childhood and processes and beliefs that were created early on that are still driving us subconsciously and depriving us of the goals that we really want
0: yeah so so it's basically that people uh, maybe because i don't know maybe if we if i speak for myself when we are children for example we don't really think that much about money We maybe think about the stuff we buy with money, the good things. (laughs) But we don't think about money. And when we grow up and we see certain things like families and friends at a certain level, we and I actually like, for example, Jim Rohn, I don't know who it is, maybe Jim Rohn, who says surround yourself with people that you want to be like. So, Mm for example, surround yourself with five poor people, you will always be most certainly poor. So if you want to be rich, for example, surround yourself with people who are actually like that.
1: <laughs> yes. Right. So, yeah. Well, this, what you're bringing up is really important because one of the exercises I do with the clients, I say, okay, let's imagine you've gotten your money goals, your finances, you're wealthy. I ask, what a value will you lose? they go, oh, I won't lose anything. What do you mean? That'll be wonderful. But as we press forward, we will lose connection with some people. We will lose connection with the community, maybe our family. Maybe our family will come to us to take care of them, and we resent our little brother. It could be all sorts of things are going to change. So what happens is, in fact, I was listening to one of your podcasts. And I forget the name, but he said we have a comfort zone.
0: Oh, David Taylor Klaus, yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. We have this comfort zone. And even if it's a struggle, even if the comfort zone is difficult, we know how to survive it. In other words, we've grown up with that struggle and we know all the games to play. We know how to survive it. But do we know how to survive some things that's significantly better? Mm. Our survival mechanism, that deep rooted survival mechanism says, oh, ho, ho, you think that's better but we don't know. But yeah, yeah. We know how to survive the struggle. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> so Yeah, because it's, you are already like, you have a roof over your head, you have food on the table. So this is the basic stuff is already met. So why bother and T- try to get out of the comfort zone or whatever it is. So, exactly. So now, what is the right conversation with money? How should people look at this?
1: Well, what we do is we look at all the subconscious anchors that are holding people back. And there's a lot of belief around money is evil, It's um, wealthy <clears throat> people are bad. In the United States, we have the 1% that are reviled. They're not being taxed enough. So we have uh, social justice, fairness. We have a whole bunch of things that really good people, I mean, good-hearted people who want to do good and be good, not just for themselves. They're not self They want to be good for everybody. But what they're taking in is a lot of cultural beliefs that don't serve them. Mm -hmm. So we work on all of that, and we do this with the golden keys. And the golden keys are first awareness. So we become aware of all this mess in the subconscious. Secondly, we do acceptance. In other words, rather than fighting all those things and with willpower and discipline and trying to overcome them, we say, okay, these are voices, these are parts of yourself that at one time were created when you didn't have other options. They have a positive intent for your life. But now that you're all grown up, they may not be serving you as well. Yeah. So then we look at these intentions and we say, what's the positive intention? And then we say, is there a better way to do that? So rather than fighting all those things, we're saying, oh, okay, let's let them grow up with us and be more effective.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, everything, this is one of the purposes of my website, for example, and the slogan that I have is to raise the standards because any one of us, all of us, we should be like improving every day on every aspect of their life. And having, for example, more money, it's not bad. Because to me, for example, speaking for myself, if you have, if I have more money, I would simply can give more to people who actually need it, or maybe help people get more. You okay, know. Okay. Can I
1: stop you there for a minute? Yeah, that is one of the red flags that I see in my clients.
0: Mm, okay. How is in that? In other
1: words. In order to be wealthy, which is bad, I need to say I'm going to give it away and help other people. Now, that is a real generous, good-hearted thing to do. But sometimes, and I don't know if it's the case from what you just said, it comes from guilt.
0: Mm. This This is what you see mostly comes from guilt?
1: Yeah. Now, if you make a lot of money without guilt, you have no need to give it away. It's absolutely okay to make it. And then you'll look in your life and say, geez, how can I make the world a better place? Great. But for the clients who who say what you just said, that, oh, I'm going to give it away, that tells me there's something. Now, if you were a client, we would start to go down into the deeper issues that created that phrase. (laughs) So, in order to reframe money, I call it certificates of appreciation. Mm. So, in other words, if we do business with each other, which we may in the future, I may hand you some money or Bitcoin or whatever.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You like Bitcoin?
1: and, and you're going to say, thank you, Rich. Mm-hmm. This is a certificate yeah. of appreciation. I am now going to give you some value.
0: Yeah.
1: So now here's, I'm going to go right to the bottom line and this may shock you and your viewers. I mean, you mentioned earlier that I, I say some crazy things. <laughs> I did. You deliver value and you make a lot of money. You are contributing more to the world than somebody who's complaining about our financial system and capitalism and taxation and all that. Mm. The more money you make, honestly, the better you are contributing to the world. Mm. Wow. No guilt, no need to give it away. But what we're talking about now is the value we're delivering. The money is a symptom of that value. So we're not chasing money. Because if we chase money, then we don't deliver the value, shortcuts, we cheat people. Uh, we use it to bolster our egos, to make us feel good. We buy fast cars and fast women or fast men, whatever, <laughs> in order to bolster something that's empty inside of us. But as soon as we flip that around and say, I love delivering value. And because my job is to deliver more and more value, I will be compensated with more and more certificates of appreciation.
0: Mm, So this is how it should be looked at. Me delivering more money and the return that I get is like uh, giving value to me, which is the certificate of appreciation, which is money, basically. Because life, basically, at the end, it's it's an exchange of things. So, right, well, I give some people people value. This is so. This is the most important thing is to add value to the world.
1: Yes. So, in in my book, uh, mm. conversations with money, we flip it around. Like in America, I don't know if you're familiar with it there, because I don't know how different our cultures are. But we have some people who create something called vision boards. Mm. And they are uh, whiteboards or cork boards or bulletin boards, and they pin all the things they want. You know, the cabin in the mountains, the Ferrari, uh, the big house with a swimming pool, uh, the beautiful women or the gorgeous men. You know, they put it on there. And that's what they want. Yeah. But we change that. We say, what value are you going to deliver? Mm-hmm. So we start. What value to deliver to others? What do you need before that? What skills, what knowledge, what talents, what connections, what relationships? What do you need in order to deliver increasing value to others, or to your employers, your customers, or whatever? Now, the vision board then becomes a series of self-improvement of increasing your ability to deliver that value. Mm. And if we are in a place where we're no longer guilty about the wealth, Mm. then we can allow ourselves to really deliver value and then rake in Mm. the money and be okay with it just as it is.
0: Mm. So from what I'm getting now, people who are stuck financially, for me, it's like, for example, like you mentioned when I said that it's like, for example, helping people. That's, that's <laughs> a flip to the coin because, because the way I see it, uh, for example, I, I want to give more people, I want to give people money because I want to help them. Because if I am richer every day or richer a uh, year now, I am from today. So I want to help people. For example, go go up, whether they they want it or not. But I wanted to help more. So, so what are the, for example, what happens exactly to the to us, for example, that have these points? What what what's stopping us from being financially stuck?
1: Okay. So when you want to help people, what is a healthy person? Mm. What is a psychologically healthy person with resilience, with abilities, with confidence, and going into the world? How can your money, once you get it without guilt, contribute to a psychologically healthy family and community? Now, here's one of my current models, that if I receive money, Without delivering value, it's like acid to my soul. Uh, Acid acid to your soul? Acid, like hydrochloric acid. Okay. Because what it does is it says, you didn't deliver any value to anybody, so I'm going to give you some money. Mm. So if you start a school, for example, and you teach people, how to deliver value, how to develop skills, that money is so well spent. So you really need to look at what is a psychologically healthy person?
2: Mm.
1: What are the attributes? How do they behave? What do they do? And then say, how can I support that? Mm. My biggest issue here in the United States is education. Mm. Oh, my God, it's going to the crapper.
0: It's, especially it's, 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 school it's, yeah. it, it's all minorities. over the world, sometimes education, especially now with COVID, because there's no face to face communication. I don't know. It's, it's and doing it's, bad it's, all over. The,
1: not only that, but it's going downhill, especially <laughs> if we look at cities, minorities, they, we have the unions that fight all sorts of school choice and the kids there are doomed. They're just doomed. To a life of non-productivity and inability or a very difficult road to deliver value. And since they can't deliver value, then they look at other means to uh, join gangs or to be in groups that, you know, one of the things that you mentioned was you surround yourself with people who are wealthy or people who behave in the way you want. Oh my gosh, we're really condemning them to a life of an inability to deliver value. And that is, then you lose meaning in life, you lose community. Mm. And as a result, you repeat that for generations. So if there's anything that really bugs me, it's our educational system. Mm,
0: yeah. Uh, you you mentioned earlier, and I remember the saying, I don't know it, if it's a Chinese saying or that, but it's it says, give a man a fish a day, he will uh, a fish a day, he will eat that day. But if mm-hmm. you teach him how to fish, to do fishing, he will eat for the rest of his life, something like that. Yep. This is so what we mean, want to uh...
1: teach people not to make money, just to make money or to want things, but the satisfaction of delivering value to our families, our communities, mm. our groups in the larger world, wow, the feeling that you get from doing that is just awesome. You step into a higher purpose, a higher plane, and you become a person who really delivers value.
2: Awesome. Now,
1: there are people, Bill Gates, uh, Elon Musk, people who are just making tons of money they are giving some of it back, Bill Gates especially. But the satisfaction they get no longer is from just the money they have, but the larger mission, the larger purpose that they're doing. So my goal in my online courses, in my book, in my private clients, is to get down to see what are all the false belief around money and the restrictions and guilt and family patterns and cultural memes that are going on. So we repurpose those. Then we look at how do you want to deliver value? Maybe you're delivering value right now, but you don't even recognize it.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, so, that's very important. Yes.
1: Yes. Boy, that is so true. And And once we get that and people say, who have good hearts? and want to be good people. And all of a sudden, we're out of the cage because I can deliver value. I can deliver massive amounts of value without guilt, without worry, without needing to somehow compensate the world because I'm a bad person. And as a result, they start delivering much more value than they did with their constraints.
0: Awesome. So how can I or anyone prepare themselves for better scenarios and for their lives, for more, let's say, wealth or money?
1: Well, the first is the golden key is awareness. is spending some time, and we have exercises for that. For example, you can set alarm during the day for every, let's say, 15, 20 minutes or half hour, and then just do what we call our sensations, emotions, thoughts. Mm. And in fact, I'll do this. Let's just do this together. I'm noticing right now my stomach is tight. I'm a little nervous. My breathing is shallow. My face is pretty relaxed. My right legs a little tense. So I just do physical sensations. And then I see how I'm feeling. And right now I'm pretty excited talking to you. So
2: I'm
1: (laughs) pretty, Ooh, this is good. (laughs) The quality of my thoughts, I'm at ease. My thoughts are at ease. I know the words are going to come. I have no need to say um or ah or stutter. I know that what I have to say is so meaningful to me, and I want to share it. It just comes pouring out. So that's my awareness right now. So then, once I have that awareness, I can let my stomach relax a bit and say, "Well, that's okay. I'd rather do that." I can accept. I don't judge myself. I don't say, "Rich, your stomach was tight. Your breathing would shallow, you." <laughs> I say, oh, okay, that's interesting, fascinating. Ah, and then I look at the quality of my thoughts. Are these, I have a client who just has, lives in pain every day until last week Mm -hmm. because constantly judged himself. He was the money manager and if he got in late to a trade, he'd beat himself up. If he got in early, he'd beat himself up. If he got in at the right time, then sold out too soon. His whole life was delivering pain because he didn't get it right so with that awareness we can then say okay what do we want now and then once what's interesting is that I will ask let's say a portfolio manager or an entrepreneur okay he gives me all these problems complaints and we go through it and I say okay so what would you like uh, what would I like and he goes back to the or she goes back to all the complaints and everything Okay, I understand that. I repeat them, make sure I got that right. Yeah. So, what would you like instead? Well, in other words, people don't even many of my clients don't even have a vision of what they want instead, and if they can't visualize it, their survival mechanism kicks in. kicks in and is not going to let them go there. So, what we do is we create a world, and I invite them to step into it. Mm. And sometimes they can step into it and say, oh, wow, this is awesome. (laughs) And then they have to pull back right away because, oh, my God, I'm not prepared for
0: this. (laughs) Awesome. So so you mentioned, for example, financial managers and these people who work in uh, markets. Do you see some of the, let's say, people who have money, a lot of money, uh, unhappy in certain things, like you mentioned, when you ask someone if you want certain things, they, they maybe don't know what they want and you drive them to see what they actually want. So do you see them sometimes unhappy with their lives? For example, if they have money, they're happy with their, unhappy with certain other things in their life, like their relationships or whatever.
1: I think you, you've opened up a really important topic here. And that topic, I'm going to get serious for a moment. Is the hole in people's heart. Okay. And they were raised, they didn't feel love, or they had trauma, or somebody hurt them when they were young, or a spouse or a wife left them or hurt them. And they have this hole in their heart. So they close down, they've armored themselves, and then they look for the Ferrari, they look for the uh uh mansion, they look for the big bank account. In order to fill that hole in the heart, to replace
0: something, to replace something else, this is what happens.
1: Exactly. You you you've opened a really important topic. And sometimes my clients, once we look and they feel that hole in the heart, sometimes it's really painful to go there. Sometimes there's lots of tears. But once we can recognize that and say, "What I want is to fill that hole in my heart." Then we're no longer talking about money. We're talking about the underlying driver that's keeping them locked up in their unhappiness.
0: So, so other things affect us: bad relationships, divorce, uh, the relationship maybe with the, with their kids if it wasn't uh, good. Uh, these kind of things with their parents or whoever, maybe mm-hmm. even even the the friends. Who someone betrayed someone else and these kind of things, it happens because this is. Uh, I I think like you mentioned, like it's a hole in the heart. I think it's a lot tough, especially when people uh, dealing with people and it's like a stab in the back. It's tough to get over with, I guess. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know, <laughs> right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So stabbing in the back, oftentimes. When a client says, I was stabbed in the back by my spouse, by my friend, mm-hmm. my business partner.
0: Yeah, there are some certain major things in life that we look to as a human as, the, as being like, let's say, unreversible to do or unforgivable or something like that, yeah. I guess.
1: What's interesting is almost always we can find tells or clues that it was going to happen and they didn't want it. Or even sometimes they set it up to be stabbed in the back because they needed to go back to their safety, uh, to the safety of their pain. Mm. I know that sounds crazy. I know that most of the people listening to it won't believe this. But if there's a pain that you've lived with all your life, that is safety.
0: So okay, let me ask you a direct questions, and I want yes or no. And I I think I mentioned that before. Should us as people love money? Yes or no?
1: Yes, a certificate of appreciation, love it to death.
0: <laughs> awesome. So let's talk a little bit about mind muscles. What is the concept of mind muscles, and and the mind muscles academy?
1: Yeah. Well, I started uh, as a forex trader and as a therapist. I brought those two together and started working with professional traders and entrepreneurs. And what I discovered was the conflict they had about money. So then I started working with Around Money and I started writing my book, Conversations with Money. I've run a couple of early courses, online courses Mm -hmm. around money. And so, my book is a, going to be published uh, this year. I'm in the final stages of choosing covers and blurbs, and all those details are much more details than I thought there would be. Oh, I'll just write a book <laughs> <laughs>
2: good, good. But,
1: So, my focus now is looking at the underlying issues that are driving the problems most of my clients have, or many of them have, mm-hmm. and that is bringing rapport to their relationship with money, wealth, and success.
0: Mm. So working with your clients, do you see a pattern, for example, if it's like uh, easy come, easy go, if money comes easy, it will go easy, and if you work really hard for it, it will stay? (laughs) Well,
1: a a quick story. My grandfather and my father's side, I uh, was during the depression, the farm, the dust bowl in central Canada, moved to the eastern Canada to St. Catharines, Ontario, worked three jobs and they were very religious. They were Mennonites. They, no matter how much little they earned, they gave 10% to the church. Uh, my dad reports having lard sandwiches, which is just, you know, old bread with fat on it, uh, uh, used clothes. It was embarrassing. And he managed over their lives to save $30,000. So imagine you inherited that $30,000 that came from blood, sweat and tears. Another scenario. You're in a, you're going to a convention in Las Vegas. Las Vegas, United States is um, open gambling. (laughs) So you, you walk into a casino and your friend says, hey, put some money in the dollar slot. And you say, no, I don't gamble. The house has, you know, statistically, it's a bad thing. They say, okay, I'll give you a buck. Come on, put it in. So you put it in, pull the handle, the lights go up, a
2: million dollars. <laughs> the coins
1: come out, the, all the supervisors come running over and you just won $30,000. Oh, okay. All right.
2: <laughs> I, th-
0: I, I thought i 30, million.
1: <laughs> $30,000. Do you treat that differently?
0: Uh, yeah, uh, that's, uh, I don't know. It's, uh, It's really, uh, exactly, it's like the money is going to go (laughs) the the minute, before the minute he walks out of the door.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, he's he's probably going to see, oh, I got money and I am going to gamble now and he probably will lose it.
1: Well, that's a really good observation. So the question then is, if money is connected to value, it is very different than when it's disconnected. If you receive money, let's say through threat or bribery or something, that money is a not a certificate of appreciation. It's a bill of indictment and it'll like acid to your soul. Yeah, you can have times of happiness. Yeah, you can have a big frivolous life, but you have to work at it because you're lacking that foundation.
0: I love, I love the name, certificates of appreciation. That's, mm-hmm. that's
1: really cool. <laughs> yeah. One of the exercises in my course is whenever you give somebody money, a cashier at the uh, grocery store, the automobile, uh, repair place, wherever it is, you say, thank you. Here is a certificate of appreciation. You say it out loud and they're going to go, huh? What? what? <laughs> what? <laughs> and when somebody gives you money, you say, Thank you for this certificate of appreciation. When you look at your bank statements, you say, Oh, I have 50,000 certificates of appreciation. Wow.
0: So what we're doing
1: now, our bank statement isn't money, but it is a bookmark for how much value we've delivered to the world. And the more money that's there, The more money we've delivered, the more meaning we have in our lives. Awesome.
0: So I was going to ask you, what one takeaway would you say for this episode?
1: Awareness, acceptance, visualizing what you want, looking at what value you deliver to the world, look to engage the world with more value, and take in those certificates of appreciation without any guilt or hesitancy Because they're a measure of what value you've delivered to the world.
0: Awesome. So deliver value, receive certificate of uh, appreciation.
1: Yes, indeed. Uh,
0: Richard, when can people get in touch with you?
1: um, Yeah, mindmuscles.com. I have a website for the money. It's conversations.money. So you can go there. I'm, my email is rich at mindmuscles.com. Awesome. So all sorts of ways to get, you can just search for Richard Fraser and I'll come up in a number of ways. Awesome. And I, may I give you an appreciation? Yeah. I really appreciate our conversation, the insights and questions that you've had and your ability to draw me out and look at what's really important rather than just trivial things. So I appreciate your depth of conversation. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you. Thank you for being here in this episode of the Success Grid podcast, Richard.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of Success Grid. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you found value in the show, rate and leave a review on iTunes. For more resources, visit successgrid.net. Until next time.